4: number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air Bible talk with Pastor Emery Moss, and not just Pastor Emery Moss, but also with Mr. Smith, Professor Smith, I should say, as once again, uh, we're here to deal with the Bible, theology, uh, uh, systematic theology, hermeneutics, especially hermeneutics, okay? on Here On, the Bible Talk program. Welcome, Mr. Smith.
5: Thank you, Pastor Moss, for having me on your program again.
4: Well, well, thank you for being here. <laughs> Good to have you with us again. And as I understand, you're still talking about hermeneutics, right?
5: Yes, that's a complex subject. Everybody needs to know about it that loves the Bible. And so I think we ought to stay with it a while until people get a good understanding of what's involved. <clears throat> Maybe I should start off commenting that if you really study the Bible carefully and intensely and dig deeper, very often you're going to find that you come up with information in the Bible that contradicts what you've been taught before. uh uh-huh. And when that happens, sometimes you have to change your mind and say, I guess however I was taught or however I thought I learned it, this little bit of information here and there combined show that I wasn't quite right. I've had that happen so many times, Pastor Moss, I think I probably long ago lost count. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're not the only one who that happened. that you happen. Know, the point is when you read God's Word, you have to be open to what it says. Uh And you have to be open to learning something new. Uh And once in a while, when you learn something new, it helps correct maybe a, a concept that you didn't understand correctly so that you get it right more completely once you understand newly what you just learned from Scripture itself. I wanted to bring that up because... Many times we'll talk about the Bible and somebody will wonder, well, what on earth, what church does Mr. Smith come from? And the answer is he comes from the church that believes in the Bible. And the denomination is unspecified because I've been a part of quite a few different denominations over time. And I've enjoyed each one of them. But I find when I'm in the Methodist church, I avoid discussing things that I could more easily discuss in the Baptist Church. When I'm in the Baptist Church, I kind of stay away from things that the Methodists might like, and so on. (laughs) And and, uh, that way we keep the peace. But even so, I've had unfortunate circumstances and events take place that uh, they just simply don't want me in their church anymore. (laughs) Even though I'm very careful not to trespass in areas that they would disagree with and i believe that's because so many people and so many churches including the pastors forgot that there's a verse over in romans chapter 15 verse 7 maybe you could look that up and read it for us while i'm mentioning this issue it's it's a most important issue that uh,
4: you said it's in Romans chapter 16. Uh, chapter
5: 15.
4: 15. In verse 7. Okay. You certainly will. And I, I think another thing, too, is we need to realize that uh, we, we, we're we never too old or, or know so much that we can't learn more. <laughs>
5: That's right. I've been trying to do
4: that all summer.
5: <laughs> and I've been learning a
4: lot. Yeah. So you said Romans chapter 15, verse 7.
5: Mm-hmm. Chapter 15,
4: verse 7, where it says, Wherefore, receive you one another, as Christ also received us, to the glory of God.
5: Yep, and notice what it says, receive one another, even as Christ received us. And so churches need to learn not to push people out, but to invite them in, and to keep them in by feeding them the Word of God. Well, well, that's right. And even sure.
4: uh, and as long as we hold to the essentials, then uh, definitely there should be unity around the essential doctrines of the Christian faith. Where, yes,
5: that's uh, the key. A, a big you know, there are so many differences of opinion on so many things, Pastor Moss. Yeah. Not until we get to heaven, I don't think we're ever going to get them all resolved. <laughs> <laughs> I think no. Jesus is going to
4: resolved it, no doubt for us. But, you know, definitely uh, around the essentials there's unity, but uh, uh, where it's non-essential doctrines, then there should be some liberty. And uh, that's that's the problem uh, with many in the church is uh, uh, they don't want to give the kind of liberty that even the Bible allows you to have concerning uh, certain things that we learn.
5: Exactly. Well, just to remind the audience of where we've been, we've been studying the subject, of hermeneutics, and I went through the first five rules of interpretation, and the fifth rule that I'm expanding upon now is that we need to search the Scriptures and take in all that the Scriptures have to say on a subject before we make a final opinion about what the Bible does teach about it. If you just do a partial induction of the evidence you might be surprised that those verses you left out require you to change your position. (laughs) I remember long ago when some Jewish students asked me to sponsor the Comparative Religions Club at Cass Technical High School, they invited one of the Jewish pastors, rabbis, I guess you would call them, and he proceeded to discuss the fact that The New Testament, especially the Gospels, do not teach that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God or to be God. And I raised my hand gingerly and said, Rabbi, I think I can give you a passage right at the start of the Gospel of Mark that will show you that maybe you didn't look at all the verses you need to look at. And the verse had to do with the prediction about John the Baptist. And if you remember, he was to prepare the way of the Lord. Well, we take that to be Jesus. Uh, That's right. The Old Testament passage that was being quoted as the prophecy comes out of Isaiah. And there, the word Lord is Jehovah. And that's a pretty bold connection between... What the Old Testament said applied to Jesus in the New Testament to show that the writers of the gospel understood that Jesus was God. A lot of people say, well, it doesn't say anywhere that Jesus is God, but it does, <laughs> and there's an instance.
4: Oh, it's and very if, strong. If you leave uh, something
5: out like that, you come up with the wrong answer like the rabbi did. Wow. So I'll never forget that. That was an interesting time, Pastor Moss, back in those days.
4: Did he have a comeback for that?
5: No, he thanked me for sharing the information that he had not realized that that was there and had that implication. (laughs) So, of course, I, I didn't pursue it any further, but I thought I would offer a little tiny correction there just so that, the truth might get out somehow <laughs> so anyway i was talking the last time we were on the program about we should search the scriptures to avoid sticking our foot in our mouth okay and that would be another one what the rabbi accidentally did but you remember <clears throat> nicodemus had a little difference of opinion with the pharisees and scribes and all and Nicodemus said, Doth our law judge any man before it hear him, and know what he doeth? That's John 7, 51. Uh And notice what the answer on the part of the scribes and so on was. They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And I spent a good part of one of our recent get-togethers showing that there were many prophets that arose from Galilee. Yeah. Yeah, so they did not study their scriptures carefully either. You remember Jesus said in John 5:39, search the scriptures. And I pointed out that that is a command, even though many of our modern English translations just state it as a fact. But it's in the imperative mood, not the indicative mood. And the proof of that is it's the first word in the sentence in Greek. So uh-huh. the Greek scholars and the English translators need to go back and learn their grammar a little bit better. Now, I okay. need to do the same. I understand, but I've studied that and know that that's the case. <clears throat> well, the second thing we said was that Searching the scriptures by using cross-references helps you become better informed about Bible prophecy. And we went to Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. Now that is a controversial passage without question. But it's not so controversial if you understand the grammar behind it. And then when you do, it's an absolute fact as to what you'll find in that case. So let me read you that verse. Okay. It says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Now the issue deals with that word from in English. In the Greek text, that's the Greek word ek. You could transliterate it into English ek. Now, all prepositions, whether English ones or Greek ones and so on, have multiple meanings. So you have to know the context and the related grammar to know exactly for sure which meaning is meant. But in this case, there is no question what is meant. And the the meaning is to be kept out of the hour of temptation without ever having to be in any part of it. Okay, wow. And I can share with you the proof. In fact, if I walked a few steps over here in my library room, I could read you the title of a whole book that was written on that one verse by an author named Stanton, and the name of the book is Kept from the Hour. And he goes into it in great detail for a couple of hundred pages at least. Wow. And so there's a lot to know and learn about it. But I gave you the quick summary there that the Greek grammar requires that it means kept out of, not kept safe within.
4: but it it looks like you're about to give some strong support for uh, the rapture position.
5: Yes. Now, if I put a note in the New Treasury. I think you have a copy of that, New Treasury yeah. of Scripture Knowledge, where I said, Some who favor a post-tribulation rapture of the Church understand the primary force of this preposition to mean out from within. Robert Gundry, quoting him, The Church and the Tribulation, page 55. And yes, I have his book right here on my shelf, across from where I'm sitting. Gundry asserts, quote, <clears throat> the preposition eck appears in John's writings approximately 336 times, far more often than in the writings of any other New Testament author. There is, and this is still quoting him, there is not a single instance where the primary thought of emergence or origin cannot fit, indeed does not best fit, the thought of the context. Surely the invariability of meaning in such a high number of occurrences establishes the Johannine usage. And that's from page 57. Uh, My comment on his comment is, Gundry's unexamined universal assertion is not supported by a careful examination of the particular instances. And then I say, We have met this claim for a universal meaning for ek and other connections, and fully proved, By the citation of specific instances that ek may sometimes mean not out of as from within, but from as here. And I prove it in an extensive note that I placed in the New Treasury at Acts 8.39. Mm -hmm. G. Smith, who wrote a commentary on the Book of Revelation, and he also did a very interesting work. I don't know if you have it, Pastor Moss. Let me step over to my shelf here and pull it out enough to see the title. It's a concordance. And I found this concordance very helpful. It's unlike any of the other concordances I've got or have ever seen. It's called the Greek-English concordance to the New Testament a tabular and statistical Greek-English concordance based on the King James Version with an English-to-Greek index. And so (laughs) you can find how every Greek word in the Greek New Testament is translated into English in the King James Version, and he lays it out very very nicely, just to give you a little background on who this man is and what he did. So he points out <clears throat> that if ek means out of in the sense of being preserved in the hour of temptation, applying this construction to the acclaimed parallel in John seventeen fifteen, that verse reads, I pray not that thou shouldest take them <clears throat> out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil or the evil one. So that means then by the interpretation Gundry would make should as keep them out of the evil one, the words would really mean safe in the evil one, that is, safe in the devil. Thus the absurdity of such an interpretation becomes apparent. Uh, and that's from his commentary on Revelation, Appendix 10, page 333. Mm-hmm. And so there are other parallels where the word is used, such as John twelve twenty-seven. Now is my soul troubled? And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. So that from this hour, he's being prayed to be saved out of it without having to go into it. Uh, now, he knew, of course, that he had to go into it. But he said, if there would be any possible way, remove this cup from me and so on. So it that uh, kind of deals with that issue from Revelation chapter 3,
4: verse 10. So, then, uh 10 uh, then, what uh, is it dealing with? It's used a lot to support uh, pre-trib. Uh, well, do you think that, uh, uh, that that's legitimate, or could it also mean uh, being preserved, uh, uh, being uh, going through the tribulation?
5: Yeah, it absolutely, could not mean to be saved during and going through the tribulation. The oh, grammar okay. won't allow it. Yep.
4: So that's a very so you would say that that is a strong uh, pre-trib yep.
5: That's right. I would almost say it has. To, it's virtually grammatically speaking absolute. And every once in a while, you come across interesting passages where the grammar settles the issue. I sometimes say, and others have said before me. That in order to understand the doctrine of Scripture, you have to also understand the grammar of Scripture if you're really going to get down into such fine details as these.
4: Well, well that's right. That's why, you know, uh, and you didn't tell me, um, uh, Mr. Smith, that I was going to have to take Greek and Hebrew. I thought you just helping me with the English Bible was enough when I was at CAS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: you know, I had some students at CAS that were in the. Bible Discussion Club, and they told me later that when they went to Tyndale College, it used to be Detroit Bible College, Uh and then it came to Tyndale College, I don't think it's there anymore, I think they closed, unfortunately, but in any case, they said that when they went to Tyndale, their whole first year of Greek, I had already discussed enough of it that they found it much easier to learn, so I'm glad I was a help to them that way.
4: Well, well, you you were a lot of help uh, to me also, uh, because uh, after uh, your so-called English class, which I called the Bible class, after I met with you afterwards, (laughs) it really prepared me uh, for what was coming uh, in Bible college and seminary. Uh, But you're right, the language, uh, uh, the the words have to be uh, understood, uh, the Greek and the Hebrew. uh, We have to know what they mean in order to come up with a... Accurate interpretation of a verse.
5: Yep, that's right.
4: And what now you're the saying? Next? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what you're saying is that uh, throughout the Bible, we have to observe that we just can't
5: ignore it. That's right. And all I can say is you have to be very careful to watch these things in order to come up correct with a correct answer. No, a lot of people are going to disagree with me. That's all right. But you know me. I was a debater in college. I was a debater when I was a student at Cass. And the year I was there, we won the Detroit City Championship. But that wasn't only all the high schools in Detroit. That included all of southeastern Michigan. And my debate partner got a $5,000 scholarship to Yale University. Me, I got nothing. Wow. (laughs) But I was on the two-man team, and we won.
6: Why didn't you get any
5: University, when I was a debater there all the time, I was at Bob Jones. uh, Most of the debates I was in, I won. uh, Why didn't you get any uh, scholarship money? No. No. I had to work at Michigan Bell Telephone Company before I went to college. I saved up my money. Then I paid my own way all the way through. (laughs) And that's how it worked back in the old days. Of course, it wasn't as expensive either. It cost $725, I think it was, for room, board, and tuition for a whole year. Uh, Prices have gone up a little since then, Pastor Moss.
4: (laughs) Got that right.
5: (laughs) Well, let me give you the next passage. We may have to deal with this next time, too. And that is Jude... Chapter 1, verse 3, or you could just say Jude, verse 3, since it's only one chapter. It uh-huh. says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, <clears throat> it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, there's a lot of depths to be drilled down into in that verse. I will just bring up a few top points here. Uh, Mm -hmm. That common salvation—salvation—is used in a number of different ways in the New Testament. And if you look at Hebrews 9:28, you'll find there's a different use of the word salvation there, where really salvation is meant God's coming kingdom. But here, I think the common salvation has to do with salvation as we normally consider it, individual people being saved by faith in Christ. Uh huh. So Jude was going to write about that, but there was an emergency came up, and so he had to change his mind and write something different. So what he said then, he says, I decided I must <clears throat> write and exhort you that you should earnestly contend, and that's strong language in the original. For the faith. But notice it says, for the faith. So I want to point out that the faith is something that is complete. Because notice what it says next. Which was once delivered unto the saints. Now when Mm -hmm. it says once delivered, it means at the time Jude wrote. There was nothing to be added to it. And there is nothing ever to be added to it ever since then. It was a complete body of doctrine that we now have in our Bible, and especially in the New Testament, in terms of Christian doctrine.
4: Wow. Wow. So he's working from a completed uh, uh, canon of New Testament uh, material.
5: That's right. Hmm. And you can't add something to it. There are different faiths, different denominations, or religious groups, or whatever you want to say, that want to say that they include tradition as well as scripture and they hold them on an equal uh, basis practically but the bible won't hold won't give you evidence to support that not if you study it carefully
4: well you know jude and in, in fact it's uh, not much writing but it is very powerful especially the way that you're pointing it out here right to earnestly yeah. contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That's an apologetic, uh, de- uh, beyond-the-defense type of verse. But also, what I, I never thought about is he's uh, 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 what you uh, really have given some insight on, he's speaking of a completed uh, New Testament canon here, isn't
5: he? Yeah, you know, the point is the faith was complete and entire in Jude's day. Uh, wow. It is now contained in the written scriptures of the New Testament. We no need for additional revelation or doctrinal development. Wow. Well, there goes the Book of Mormon. That's right. <laughs> and quite a number of other folks will be stumbled by that fact, but there it is. That word once is the Greek word "hapax." You've heard of "hapax meaning a word that only occurs once. It means once for all. And that word is used in several interesting places in the New Testament. And you can tell from other contexts when it means once for all, that's all, once.
4: Okay. Well, Mr. Smith, goodness,
5: you have given us so much
4: material that we have run out of time. And I'm still, my tongue's still hanging out. But listen, thank you. Uh, pick up uh, with us uh, 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 next Thursday on this. I can't wait to hear more.
5: Yeah, we'll try to continue here from Jude, verse 3.
4: All right. God bless you. We're going to take a break, everyone. We'll be right
3: back
6: This is Carol platt Liebau for townhall.com. Every aspect of America's retreat from Afghanistan is heartbreaking. But no group has lost more than the women of Afghanistan, whose lot is now unthinkable. My heart breaks in particular for the young women who have never lived under the oppressive brutality of the Taliban. As they don burkas for the first time, they can't even imagine what horrors await them, and neither can we. Stories of mass rapes and sexual slavery are already beginning to circulate. No doubt there are worse to come. Yet American feminists are silent. The Global Feminism, part of the National Organization for Women's website, denounces a variety of U.S. domestic policies. Somehow, the organization is actually more focused on stoking outrage against American beauty norms than opposing the most hideous, primitive sorts of violence against women. What frivolous hypocrites. The dark future facing Afghan women is a reminder of a stark truth. peevish American feminists are among the most blessed portion of womankind the world has ever known. (laughs)
7: Get Fit to Quit, the modern no-nonsense system that's helping tobacco users kick the habit is available at gotahalfitnow.com. Alpha Lifestyle Center for Nicotine Addiction is offering $1,000 toward the Quit with Alpha program for $500 when purchased through this radio station. It's easier to follow a great plan than create one. For the most responsible, reliable, and exciting help to quit smoking, visit got to register for the free online Quit with Alpha Masterclass and apply $1,000 toward the cost.
4: Remember to call area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air Bible talk with Pastor Emory Moss. So great to talk to uh, Mr. Smith, Uh, what a scholar he is, appreciate the background he gives us and uh, the hermeneutical tips he's giving us on uh, the Word of God. So remember on Thursdays when we talk to him to be here, uh, very uh, interesting and enlightening. Number to call here, area code 866 423 area code 866 423 to be on the air Bible talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Uh, when I'm not dealing with uh, 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 apologetics, I'm dealing with prophecy. And so I've got some prophecy questions for you today. And with the kind of uh, Bible audience that I have, this should be pretty easy for you, okay? All you've got to do is call up, answer the question right, and you will become a scholar on the Bible Talk program. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. If you're on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, where I'm going to give you a prophecy test. Do you know the answer? Have you been studying the book of Revelation? Have you been studying anything out of Daniel? How much prophecy are you studying in your church? Well, we're going to find out with this little test by the number of calls that come in. And every time I have to answer one of these questions myself, that means that you guys are not doing your job. The number to call, area code 866-423-9578. The record 866 423 to be on the air of Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Question number one, question number one, okay? Is this true or false? Is it true or false? The second beast promotes the worship of the first beast. The second beast promotes the worship of the first beast. Is that true or is that false? Now, that's all you've got to tell me. Is true or false? Yeah, I might ask you a little question after that, but can you get that correct? The first the first beast promotes the worship of I'm sorry, the second beast promotes the worship of the first beast. We've got a caller already. You're on the air? Yeah. Hello? Hello, who am I talking with? Sue? Is this is this Sue? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, how how you doing? Do you have an answer to our question?
2: I do. Um, I believe the answer to that would be yes.
4: Okay. The second beast promotes the worship of the first beast. Well, I would say to you that you are right, but you're doing so good, Sue. I've got to ask you another question, okay? Okay. <laughs> See how crooked I am? I set you up, huh?
2: Yes, yeah. you did. That's okay. It's, I'm ready.
4: Okay. Yeah, I think you are. I really do. I think you are. Uh, well, the second beast that's promoting the worship of the first beast, who's the second beast?
2: Um, you mean which person? Or you know, just in general, what's the name given in general? A, I would say there's... the second beast is the Antichrist.
4: Okay, the second beast is the Antichrist. Okay, and the first beast
2: okay. is who? Uh, I would say just the beast in general, um, just a general, like the first one that comes to kind of... Now, that might be the Antichrist, now that you mentioned that, the first one.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, But I don't know for sure, so um, am I wrong?
4: <laughs> I would say this to you. You got it right. Yeah, you got it right. You did a good job. Uh, you are a oh scholar, goodness. scholarist for today. Thank you. Yeah, job job. Um, and uh, we're coming out of uh, the validation of what you said comes from Revelation chapter 13, uh, uh, and it's very important, as you know, I'm sure, Sue, that the Book of Revelation is a great book. It's filled with uh, a lot of symbols, uh, and basically, really. Uh, we need to read uh, the, uh, all the books of the Bible before we get to Revelation so we can understand the symbols because they come from previously uh, written scripture. But where it says uh, in, in uh, Revelation 13 and 1, and I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast come out of the earth, I'm seeing out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the names of blasphemy. Okay? So it talks about this. Uh, first beast that comes, right? It talks about him. It talks about him mm-hmm. being wounded in this uh, this sort of thing. Uh, and it says here in verse 3, And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was killed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. Okay, So the beast here is the Antichrist. Let me you this question, Sue. Who is it that gives uh, the Antichrist his power?
2: I would say Satan.
4: Uh, exact, absolutely right, absolutely right, absolutely right. What church do you go to, uh, uh, Sue?
2: I have two, um, Jimmy Swaggart and Melissa Scott. Okay, well, you're doing you are both good. on TV.
4: Well, all right, well, you're doing good with your uh, understanding of, of prophecy here, I'll tell you that. Then, in Revelation chapter 13, verse 11, it says, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth the first out of the sea that's the antichrist he comes from the sea of nations the nations of the world are the ones who will be promoting this guy into his position of power and Satan as well then revelation 13:11 and i beheld another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spake as a dragon And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So what we're looking at is a very similar setup, you know, to uh, Jesus and John the Baptist. As John the Baptist promoted Jesus Christ, the uh, false prophet, okay, who is the second uh, beast, will be uh, supporting the Antichrist, okay? So it's like... um, well, it's monkey see, monkey do kind of thing. Uh, but good job. Congratulations, you are a for today, my dear.
2: Well, thank you very much. Do you have a segment? I sure do. Um, psalm 37 currently is my favorite psalm because um, just in general, a group of people, they kind of turn their back on me. And it was the people that, you know, you never think, well, are usually the ones that do when you need them the most. So I went to Psalm 37, I believe it is, and it just talks about how to let things go, to forgive, and to let God take care of it. And when he takes care of it, um, that's when it's vindicated. Not really vindicated, but you know what I mean. Um, Am I correct in that Psalm? All right, well,
4: say this again now. What did you have happen to you, darling? Um tell us all the details. Just without getting
2: into detail, a group of people—more than one, of course—turned um, their back on me when I really needed them, and it's—it um, was almost—it just kind of destroys you when things like that happen. So I wasn't—I um, came across a preaching, uh, Melissa Scott's preaching on past palm Thirty-Seven, and she was just saying how. If you, like, shh, don't say anything, can you wait? In the end, when that white um, light comes to usher you in, the same light that ushers you in comes back and mows the lawn, as they say. Do you know what I mean?
4: Yeah. Yeah. So That's
2: all just a general way of talking about you know, toward the end of Psalm 37, but basically you forgive and you let God take care of things. So that's what I got out of it. You're exactly
4: right. Uh, One thing for sure is you have to forgive. Uh, Definitely, even though there might not be reconciliation between you and uh, uh, some of these people ever, uh, you have to forgive. Uh, Just as Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do when he was hanging on the cross. And uh, Psalms uh, 37, it tells us this as well. "Threaten not thyself because of evildoers. The most important thing is not to let things bother you so much till you uh, focus so much on people till you forget the ultimate love that comes to you from God, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. They shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. says verse 7, rest in the Lord. Okay? And uh, So that's definitely where you have to keep your trust. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently on him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in the way, because of men who bring wicked devices to pass. So always hold on to God. God uh, definitely it's bad to lose friends and people that are close to you. But remember, no one loves you like Jesus does. And at these times, right. if you call on Him, He will He will uh, He will come and comfort you.
2: I agree, and He has. All
4: right, he well I so thank much. you. And I thank you for calling. God bless you. Gotta take a break. We'll be right back.
0: The United States has killed Osama bin Laden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hours after that announcement, the White House leaked that it was SEAL Team Six that carried out the operation. Al Qaeda placed bounties on the heads of all Navy SEALs. Then, just three months later,
3: Extortion went Seven requested permission to take off.
0: A U.S. Army helicopter carrying many from SEAL Team Six and others entered the tagi Valley. That's all. Flash team flash.
8: Anybody
1: out there, we have a fallen angel, a fallen angel. Roger.
0: Extortion 17, the provocative new film telling the story of the largest loss of life in U.S. Special Forces history. Now playing on SalemNow.com. Questions quickly arise. Why did it take 17 minutes to fly a 10-minute mission? Was there black box on board? Every American should be taught
5: about what happened in Extortion 17.
0: What really happened? The SEAL Team 6 that dreadful night. Fallen Angel, Extortion 17, the story most Americans don't know. Watch exclusively at SalemNow.com.
7: Orchard Fitness Center in West Bloomfield is offering an amazing half-off deal at GottaHalfItNow.com. Get a three-month membership regularly priced at $119 for $60. Whether you're 18 or 88, Orchard Fitness Center has what you need to reach your fitness goals. Membership includes access to the fitness center, personal instruction, and group classes at no extra charge. Buy your three-month membership to Orchard Fitness in West Bloomfield for $60 at GottaHalfItNow.com. That's itnow.com.
1: This is Daryl Wood. By now, you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it has literally changed the way I sleep. The pillows don't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a Queen Premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a queen size. pillow, premium.
4: That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. We're on the air with Gary. How you doing, Gary?
8: Uh, yes, Pastor Moss. I heard you talking with um, Minister Smith, uh-huh. and he's talking about, um, in Jude, and he was talking about uh, the truth, uh, to, to walk in the truth. And uh-huh. in that scripture you were talking about, I forgot. I forgot exactly, we have to have, take all the teachings of Jesus that's in the faith, because he's the Messiah. He declared that in the scriptures. And um, in Mark 16, it said, he that believeth in his baptism shall be saved. So that's part of the gospel of doctrine and salvation. John 3 said you have to be born again to see the King of God. And then you have to um, be born of water and the Spirit to enter the King of God. And then Jesus said he was the Messiah. Uh, so that's a very important part of what to believe. And then mm-hmm. the book of Acts tells what the apostles taught, so we had to stay in the apostles' doctrine. So a lot of mm-hmm. people have gotten out of the apostles' doctrine. Uh, That's the book of Acts, uh, the first two chapters of Acts, the eighth chapter, the tenth chapter. So contending for the faith that the, once was delivered to the saints is also found in Ephesians. There's a fivefold ministry uh, pastor teaching evangelists, prophets, and uh, the fivefold ministry. So we had to follow the ministry that God gave and ordained. And there's many that say that they, they're of Christ, but they don't have the works of Christ, because they don't continue in the works of Christ. So we have to be faithful to all the Word to contend for the faith. So well, I well, think you agree with that. But right. a lot of people have come up with a new plan of salvation, and it does, doesn't cont- contribute to the book of Acts or the full teachings of Jesus.
4: When we talk about that, of course, we're talking about the kingdom of the cults. Where we're surrounded by those who teach false doctrine, Unity School of Christianity, Christian Science, uh, uh, Islam. I mean, we are surrounded, and the church does need to heed uh, what you're saying. We need to follow the Bible and go along, and uh, you know make sure that we're teaching the doctrines of the Christian faith. All right, thank you. Well, all. Thank you for. The, can I say one more thing? We got we uh, got to be quick because I got to go for a break.
8: Yeah, we. The Bible teaches that we have to continue in the faith and be obedient to Christ. If we love Him, we'll keep His commandments. So, a lot of that's people right. say that they believe in him, but they don't do what he says, and they're not obedient. And the Lord said there'll be many false teachers in the last days. So, we need to the know the word of God. Right. And, you know.
4: Told us that, and that's exactly where we are. <laughs> so, I want to thank you for your call. Appreciate it, Gary. Uh, keep talking to us. Appreciate your call. We're going to take a break, and we'll be
3: right back. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? for less than 200 per month call big lou at term provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects call 800-555-2085 right now 800-555-2085 remember big lou's like you he follows the science too Call 800-555-2085 or visit dot Big Lou doesn't give tax advice.
7: Heart for Lebanon is serving the hurting displaced families in response to the crisis in Lebanon. Here's Heart for Lebanon's co-founder, Tom Ataba.
5: Thousands have been
7: displaced. Their homes of condos, townhouses, whatever, are totally destroyed. And so we have a team of 60 downtown Beirut that are helping these families and others put their lives back together again physically. That means that we're helping to clean up apartment complexes, storefronts, churches, and with One Christian College, helping them make room in their dormitory for these displaced people. And so we're downtown right now, on the ground, helping people take care of their physical needs, which will lead to helping us help them with their emotional and spiritual needs. You can invest in the ministry of Heart for Lebanon right now. $116 helps care for two families for the next 60 days. Call 888-562-4244. That's 888-562-4244. Or click the Crisis in Lebanon banner at faithtalkdetroit.com.
0: This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues
3: Institute.
4: The reigning Miss Universe is Victoria Peterson, and she's using her platform to bring awareness to foster children and foster care. Victoria knows a lot about foster care personally. She was conceived out of abuse and thanks her mother for choosing life instead of abortion. Victoria was adopted and went on to excel in academics at Hillsdale College. She's now married to Jacob, and they, too, are foster parents. Victoria founded a nonprofit organization called Bring Beloved, which strives to bring beloved children into permanent loving homes through adoption victoria's situation made her a prime candidate for abortion but god had other plans the lord does amazing things out of the ashes of our lives and in this case imagine the countless lives her god-given passion will affect
3: follow us on twitter at life issues usa and stay informed more informed than you've ever been
4: Number to call, area code 866 423 Area code 866 423 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Boy, that time goes so fast. All I would like to say is so much theology, so little time. But we do thank you for the time we can share with you, and we encourage you to uh, support this radio broadcast uh, with your donations if you can. Uh, definitely, we would appreciate that. And you can uh, send those donations to us at P.O. Box 05877, P.O. Box 05877, Detroit, Michigan, four eight two oh five. Make out those checks to Bible Bootcamp Ministries. We'd appreciate it very, very much. Uh, we appreciate all of you who've given to keep this program going because it does. It costs us about two thousand dollars a month to be here, but we think that it's all worthwhile. And I really want to invite you to something I am very, very excited about, which is our apologetics boot camp. Apologetics boot camp on August twenty eighth. Does it have a militaristic sound to it? Well it should. Because we're raising an army of Christians who are able to proclaim the gospel and to defend it. Okay? That's what apologetics is all about. And uh, we invite you to come. Be a part of it. You can call to let us know you're coming at area code 313-933-9270. Area code 313-933-9270. Uh, it's going to be a strictly biblical. We ask for a donation of $20 for adults. Uh, Children don't have to uh, pay $20 as well. Hopefully the parents will throw in something for them as they come. When you come, everyone will get a copy of the lesson. We have a lesson for you each time, and we're going to be looking at apologetics from A to Z, talking about defending the Bible uh, against the kingdom of the cults, against atheism, against evolution. All of these things will come up. We're going to talk about Islam, everything that has to do with defending the faith, and uh, looking at the Bible, we're going to be doing on August 28th, August 28th, uh, from 10 to about 12.30, and refreshments will be uh, offered to you at the end of the um, uh, presentation. So definitely you'll enjoy it. We encourage you to come. Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries, 10709 Grand River. That's 10709 Grand River at Oakland. We look for you to be there for the uh, apologetics uh, conference. You can call, uh, let us know you're coming. We want you to know that we'll be following um, all of the uh, 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 COVID uh, rules that are being placed in terms of wearing masks. Uh, we plan to uh, wear them and I uh, have some social distancing going on, but uh, definitely uh, it's going to be very, very beneficial and, and also enjoyable uh, to all of you who come. Be dealing with questions that you have and also informing you on how to defend the faith against those who attack it. So that's August 28th. Don't forget it. And I'm going to call here, area code 866 423 9578. Area code 866 423 9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Amy Moss. We were talking about biblical prophecy, and we know that definitely we're in the last days now. And so we begin to see everything set up for major prophecies in the Bible to be fulfilled. Yes, the Antichrist is around the corner. Uh, tribulation? Uh, yep, it's, uh, it's coming as well. Uh, are our nations at peace? No. In fact, the nations are in a war footing. And soon, Armageddon will be here. Described in Revelation 16, all the nations of the earth will come against Israel. Uh, so... We need to uh, be ready. Peter could, could come at any moment, and we want to be ready when he comes. Uh, and definitely, we want to stay in our Bibles and know the Word of God. Well, listen, this is Pastor Moss. Uh, thanking all of you for being here. Uh, definitely continue to call, support this program. Uh, this is your program, Bible Talk. Uh, and look for you, August 28th. Don't miss it. This is Pastor Moss, Pastor Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries saying, we'll see you next time.